standing once again outside FBI radio, smoking my last cigarette. I felt uneasy. When you've been through what I have, you begin to trust these little inklings as if they were the warnings of a wise sage. I was damn near in the same spot I was when I had that encounter a few weeks back. Things had been quiet since then. Unexpectedly quiet. But amidst the silence, the unease in that trusted little sixth sense of mine had been building. I was damn near at a crescendo now. This was it. The final episode. The last ten songs of the 1995 countdown. If anything was going to happen, it was today. This was our last chance to shut this thing down once and for all. And their last chance to stop us. I knew, as soon as I walked through the door, it would all be set in motion. Whatever it was. I stamped out my cigarette. You've heard it all before, but you never really had a doubt. We are Hottest 100s and Thousands, and we have taken control of your radio station. And this is the podcast in which we talk about the songs deemed hot enough to be in the Triple J Hottest 100. My name is David James Young, and I'm one of the four voices you're going to be hearing for the next hour or so. Joining me one more time, Mr. Adam Buncher. So good to be here. Mr. Andrew McDonald. It is brilliant to be here. And Mr. Nathan Harrison. We made it. Fuck yeah, we did. Started at the top, now we're here. (laughs) 90 songs down from 1995. 10 to go. What a journey. Oh, what a journey. You're going to write about this. Searing highs, crushing lows, (laughs) falsified evidence, (laughs) conspiracies. We've we've still got so much weed left over. Oh, my God. Talk about searing highs. Oh, hey, yeah. Fuck me. Yeah, Jesus shit. All right, shit lords, it is time to pull down your balaclavas. We mean fucking business. This is serious, mum. This is Tism with Greg the Stop Sign at number 10. The guy who slagged the football team, those jobs were not for him. He turns into a real estate agent who believes in discipline. The guy who's first to use cocaine, the wild boy breaking free. He'll end up in a court of law as a prosecuting QC. Remember the school captain? Success was a matter of time. I can hear her now as she screams. Greg, you missed the stop sign. Forget Snoop Doggy Dog. Forget Old Ice Tea. The true word out on the streets is produced by the DAC. What's the use of striving? Last road in front of rebels. We get to do the driving. Don't choose the direction we travel. Do your homework and whack the weeks. Completely the damn number. 
stop sign. Break the stop sign. Break the stop sign. Sometime in the next 10,000 years, a comet's gonna wipe out all trace of man. I'm banking on it, coming before my end of year exam. This is Serious Mum at number 10 in the 1995 Hottest 100 with a song called Greg! Exclamation mark, exclamation mark. The stop sign! Exclamation mark, exclamation mark. And it's time to throw it to the most exclamative of marks in this room, Mr. Andrew McFucking Donald. We uh, spoke during All Homeboys are Dickheads. Nathan and I spoke extensively about our Tism love. If you yeah. might remember. Oh. If, you, if you missed that episode, <laughs> That it's was the weird. first time Tism yeah. were mentioned. They yeah. had not yeah. been mentioned previously to that at we all. Were, we Why were not we... on the drug previously. Why would we bring them up out of context? That would make no sense. Madness. So obviously, if you want to know about the deep point that they have in my life, go back and listen to that episode. Um, It's beautiful. They are a seriously important asset of my life, even to now. Um, I've anthologized them so, so deeply that, David, I can't let it go by. There's only one exclamation point after the first Greg. (laughs) Go fuck yourself. (laughs) That's how bad I am with my... that's 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 how much of a victim of tism I am. Andrew this... exclamation mark Go fuck yourself exclamation mark Exclamation mark Perfect uh, This is obviously one of their most accomplished songs Idly gorgeous vocal beat throughout Purified and distilled into absolute beauty in the chorus The notion of writing a backstory To a character in an anti-speeding advertisement by the TAC Is so utterly perfectly tism And like niche Melbourne <laughs> yeah. like, It's to the point where like Selling this to a Sydney side is a bit taxing Because we don't know yeah. what the TAC is it's the Traffic Authority Commission or something like that. Also yeah. a song so Australian that in the music video there are star ratings from Margaret and Margaret David. Margaret and David. Yeah. And yeah. it's so filmed good. in the fucking St. Kilda locker. Yeah. yeah. That was unreal. Yeah. The film clip adds a lot. That. The film, film clip is a brilliant it's film clip. phenomenal. Yeah. yeah. Um, that that tiny black and white bit of the like the rape the yeah. the, the Pacific <laughs> Island rape. There's, there's more wisdom in children. Than, you know, yeah. Yeah. Th- this song is obviously. Pitching a song that niche and bizarre as what turned out to be a successful pop single is insane, yeah. and it's but it's so and it's so goddamn catchy that like it's appealing to people who aren't victims of tism. <laughs> and <laughs> is that what they call them? Not fans. Yeah, yeah. Yes. Yes. it's like how Slipknot call their fans maggots. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, the, but it's like that speaks to the impossible to hide from fact that despite everything they did to show otherwise Tism were some goddamn brilliant songwriters it's so catchy and so fun to sing along to this song chorus and verses entirely and the delightful bridge about buying a car and having a tumour because <laughs> <laughs> like that's the point because philosophically the song is like you can do whatever you want you can be a real estate agent or a junkie it doesn't matter what choices you make in life because sometimes you just die for no reason when you're speeding in your car because <laughs> you miss the stop sign like classic so- Greg classic Greg this song is so much fun like for for tism reasons and also for pop song reasons mm. it's so catchy it's so well written super 90s appeal with the electro yeah. beats like the bar bar bars are obviously hit. like from the from Second one, this is a catchy song. Like, but that's the thing. I, I think this this album, Machiavelli and the Four Seasons, more than any of their work, is the best meeting place between their somehow immaculate pop sensibilities and their like offensively obtuse 
irreverence. Where like they're so not interested in like being successful, but they can also manage to pull this off. Yeah, and they do it best on this album and and this song and the next one we'll talk about. Uh, two of the best Tism songs for doing that. It's just so good. It's also unfair that they can sing that well. Yeah. <laughs> if they're gonna write, this, if they're gonna do this kind of thing, you know, the chorus kicks in. You're like, man, really? Like, <laughs> you guys are really good. Yeah, I, I think maybe like it wasn't re- the bass player in the the Philharmonic Orchestra as a bass Something player, like that. or at least yeah. there was a rumor yeah, yeah, for yeah, that. Yeah, yeah. Um, there's. I, maybe like every like year or so, I look at the credits on the CD sleeve again to make sure they didn't hire in ringers. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> But it's so good. Uh, in in uh, in my uni degree for performance in first year voice class, we had to do uh, recite a thing, doing lots of different vocal things, and I did the first verse of this, which you know I will always have, wow. and so will my voice teacher, who was not impressed. <laughs> 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 but this, it's just such a wonderful song. The lyrics are so funny and so clever, and like just. Just all of the, you know, like, what a tragic waste of potential. Being yeah, a junkie is not good either. You know, yeah. like, they just, oh, they're so clever and they know what they're doing. And, you know, I'm, I'm banking on this comment wiping out all trace of man before my end of year exams. Like, I thought about that every exam at HSC. Yeah. It's, it, that's who it's appealing to, right? It's, it's, it's uh, great. And it's just like that beat, especially when it kicks back in halfway through every chorus, is just yeah. so dancey. Mm. It's crazy how dancey this song is. On the end of your exams, isn't there a, a, a widely held opinion that the majority or all of TISM were teachers? Two of them definitely yeah, were, yeah. one of them still is. Because they would always tour during school holidays, which is why everyone was it, like, are they teachers? teachers? But it turns out that uh, Ron Hitler Barassi slash Peter Minak, there's no point in hiding the secrets anymore. The Wikipedia article has their names. Yeah, yeah. Um, uh, um, Peter Minak, the gruff voice, Ron Hitler Barassi singer. Um, does the verses. Who does the verses in this. Who's so fun to imitate. Oh my yeah, God. He, um, he's, he's still a teacher. I believe he's an English teacher. He wrote a book in the year 2000 called Campaigning with Grant. Um, and yeah. the other singer, Damien Cowell, who's even more prominently known as a singer, he was a teacher. He's now in advertising. Yeah. He does the... Uh, he actually... He does the tumor verse. He is, he's in advertising. He's in advertising. Yeah. The bitter irony. Uh-huh. Yeah. Oh, he knows. Oh, he's, yeah, I'm sure he's aware. <laughs> and obviously, yeah, we talked about the video. The video is phenomenal. Like, Tism doing the haka at the St. Kilda Stadium. Yeah. And, it's just like, what and is then that? changing it with, like, the canoeing. Yeah. <laughs> All in their balaclavas. It's yeah. just... Uh, it's just, like, everything. I don't want to be that guy that, like, everything's a target. But it's kind of... That's what they are. Oh, nothing was culture. ever sacred with Tism, and yes, that is why it's so so great. Absolutely, yeah. And the thing about so many comedy acts is like they could just get away with you know just shouting over a beat or anything like that, and it would still be funny. But the fact that they are such remarkably technically proficient and instantly recognizable and super catchy uh, musicians, that's fucking untoward. And like you said, fucking unfair. Yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> it's fucking bullshit, mate. Um, but yeah, this is unreal. Can we continue this love in? I reckon. I reckon they've got one more in them. We don't mean to trouble you, <laughs> but uh... yeah. our boy's growing up. Yeah. <laughs> you guys, you guys oh proud of me? Yeah. So proud of me. Sunrise, sunset. Yeah, yeah. Oh my god, I'm so proud oh. of you. All right, well, oh. let's continue on into number nine, people. It's the very same. Tism are back with He'll Never Be an Old Man River. I'm on the drug, I'm on the drug, I'm on the... And now you know where the sample came from. Hey! <laughs> now you know the rest of the story. <laughs> now we know, and knowing is half the battle. I I'm on the drug, I'm on the drug, I'm on the drug to kill River Phoenix. I'm on the drug, I'm on the drug, I'm on the drug to kill River Phoenix. <laughs> Thank you. 
veins I'm drunk in noon was not the same Heroes explored and give us hope River pushed back the envelope Drank the slab, drank the slab, drank the slab The bombs got drunk Drank the slab, drank the slab, drank the slab The bombs got drunk Number nine in the 1995 Hottest 100, back to back to fucking back, with a song called He'll Never Be an Old Man River. Nathan Harrison, you drank the slab that Bon Scott drunk. Mm. And the sandwich and the plane, all of it. Yeah, I've, I've yeah, done yeah. it all. <laughs> <laughs> this is, I mean, this... and it, it did end up being Michael Jackson. So <laughs> yeah. fun. No, that's. Oh, and that... it took 14 years, yeah. but you know, it Still. fucking happened. What? It's, What's it's that a weird wrestling. Oh, so the uh, the last verse has the line. Um, where will I get my next drug action? Odds are it'll be Michael Jackson. Oh. And that's how Michael Jackson died. Yeah, yeah. Bow, 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 bow. Like, oh, I, this song is as tism as it gets. Like this is this Isn't is, it though? This is the tism song that most people have heard if they've heard one tism song. Yeah. Especially and, now, thanks to our personal friends, uh, the Bennies. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and their remarkable like a version that they did <laughs> last year. Now I'm bored, now I'm bored. There's a Which oh, indeed has been done live featuring none other than Damien Cowell. Yeah. Indeed. Yeah. And when they performed Lovely. it in the studio for lack of version, they all had Smith Street Band beanies that they pulled down over their faces with eyes cut out. Wonderful. Amazing. For so many reasons. But it's just, you know, we, we talked a few minutes ago about like No Target being safe and it's just like these are all people that have died that people <laughs> love. And, you know, especially... Thinking about it now in, in the era of like internet grief for celebrity yeah. where every time someone dies is an outpouring followed by a backlash of idiots who have nothing better to do than shit on people who are sad because someone they respected died. Mm. It's just like, this song is just, I don't know, it's kind of not okay. Yeah, but like, totally River Phoenix think. died two years before this song. It's so close. I always yeah, forget yeah, yeah. how yeah. close it was. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, also, uh, previous uh, people we've talked about, the Red Hot Chili Peppers, mm. close friends of River Phoenix, we're not happy about oh, this song. They we were wanted not. to fucking kill Tism for this song. You know who Which, loved that? Drug Tism. Tism. Yeah. <laughs> and you know who has blood on their hands? The Red Hot Chili Peppers. But this song is great. It's so much fun. The verses are like just phenomenal. They're so fast and fun and frenetic and every and line rock. is funny and so punk. Yeah. And and the chorus is just huge and ridiculous and that beat the whole way through it. And then when the the like the shitty co- like uh keyboard melodies come in. Doo, 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 doo. <laughs> it's like what is this song? But it it works and like it's it's so infectiously catchy. It's that thing again. They're, they're so much better at crafting songs than, than really they have rights to be. The mid-90s was the only time that a song like this could have ever been a pop hit. The hard-edge guitars, that's something Tism usually goes for, but works really well here. Making ironic light of like celebrity worship and death, kind of thing like that, like the pounding beat, like the post-grunge guitar itself, the hooky chorus, it's all so weird, but it's also 90s, and there's no other time where this kind of music... I'm not one to like lament the death of the 90s, obviously. Like <laughs> some of the best experimental and outside music is being made this year. <laughs> But like that, this is a time when this kind of music could have been a pop hit, and it certainly could never be a pop hit now. They won an aria. Yeah, that's incredible. Whoa. Didn't they just? Like, yeah. What, well, what was it for? For this album, Machiavelli and the Four best Seasons. Alternative. Best alternative, I think. Yeah, 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 it's yeah. fantastic. Yep. And yep. I, didn't wow. they send a little kid up instead? No, no, they sent um, Les Murray. Oh, yeah. Les Murray one of the, the one of the part. tracks off the album is "What Nationality Is Les Murray." What nationality is Les Murray? 
Oh yeah, that came up in my fucking uh, memories recently. Yeah, yeah. yeah. He went up on stage, and I believe uh, in Hungarian. In Hungarian, yeah. he said, "When the when the revolution comes, the music industry will be the first to go." And then left. And the then everyone stage. clapped, kind of awkwardly and weirdly, because they're like, "Okay, I because guess tism are too I guess perfect that's tism. for this world." <laughs> yeah. And then wow. I found I I found that I'd written that that Hungarian <laughs> phrase as a status update, like five years ago, and I was just like, "Oi." Is this the most obscuritism <laughs> reference ever? Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I outtismed Nathan and 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 yeah, is yeah, what yeah. I'm saying. 100%. And yes, that is on my resume. <laughs> Good, <laughs> should be. Good. <laughs> there's obviously there, there's a lot of tism stuff out there that has a lot more depth and is less, ex- much much less accessible. accessible. Um, and is you know in many ways maybe funnier or cleverer. But this is just like this is a perfect weird pop song to have happened and got crazy popular. You know, like Custard and Regurgitator and all that sort of stuff, I don't think it's, you know, bigging ourselves up too much to say that this can only happen in Australia in the 90s. Totally. This is this was a weird magic time where this could happen, and this song is amazing. It's so it's a delight start to finish. There's yeah. no point in this song where it's not heaps of fun. Yeah. Adam, do you like the song? Of course I do. Good. I'm not gonna I'm not gonna sit here and say that I don't. Not with, <laughs> not with us so close. Oh my god. <laughs> I think you've summed it up perfectly by the reaction of what the hell is going on? What am I listening to? That's such a wonderful thing to have in music. Like that's such a to to have that earnestly and to have that so overwhelmingly that it kind of throws you completely off center to that being the only thing that you can really think. And you have to put up your hands and kind of shake your head and kind of point to the stereo and kind of, you know, point to whoever's near you and look for them for confirmation and validation of what's <laughs> going on it's just like you, you're hearing the same thing as me right i'm not crazy what's going on like it's great when it happens it happens here two consecutive songs in the top 10 mm. like this is a defining moment for australian music in 1995 i can't like, imagine how tism would have felt when this happened they would have lost their goddamn minds yeah because they probably won't listen to the countdown because they're middle-aged teachers <laughs> like they would have just heard this i mean like seriously we did holy shit but also vote splitting if they like, if one song huh. had just been marginally, you know, maybe ma- well, marginally better I, or whatever, I don't think many people were voting for one and not both. Yeah, I think right. I think uh, if you like Tism, you voting for both of those songs. Yeah, I guess and vote many splitting... of those people voted for Homeboys as well. Yeah, and I, I, I guess like I guess like vote splitting wasn't so much of a thing when you're you're considering ten postal votes and yeah, yeah. Sure, and the countdown sure. wasn't as as much as, of a big yeah. thing or whatever. And I think it's certainly a big phenomenon now. And it's different so when there's thing. an online shortlist that you can look at and be like, oh, cool. If if only one of these is going to get in, I want it to be this one. Mm. But if you're posting them in yourself, and also especially because now, and this is something I hadn't even considered, but it's a very very um, I think influential element in relation to voting for the hottest 100 is it's like as soon as you voted, you then share what you voted for. Mm. And I wonder how much, you know, like it takes, I mean, it takes a special kind of Tism fan or <laughs> indeed maybe just a Tism fan to vote for just 10 Tism songs. <laughs> but huh. I mean, like no one else would know that that's what you did. Yeah. I think, I, but the counter, counter argument to that, I think in the age of the postal vote, um, voting with your friends might have been more of a thing. Um, oh wow! Yeah, I, getting I, together I, and writing it all down. Yeah, it would be like, hey, we all need to do this. Hey, everyone, let's like come over and we'll do our votes. Let's save on postage. Yeah, and then we'll walk down to the post office together and then get like a bubble bill or something. Mm. Oh my god! Don't worry, that's I'll a great day. Oh, yeah. Yeah. In official <laughs> US postage. <laughs> Uh, and because we never get to talk about Tism again, I just want to quickly share one of my absolute favourite facts about Tism is that whenever Ron Hitler Barassi dives into the crowd, he gets his clothes and mask torn off and he's often naked, goes back on stage and quickly puts a balaclava back on before perhaps putting clothes back on. Um, but when 
uh, Humphrey B. Flaubert, Damien Cowell, walks through the stage, everybody parts and lets him through and lets him keep his mask on respectfully. <laughs> it's, you, it, it's de rigueur, Mortis, to maul Ron Hitler Barassi and you let Humphrey B. Flaubert through. That's, yeah. Yeah. That's this is serious amazing. music. Yeah. <laughs> At number eight, it is Nick Cave and Kylie Minogue. This song is called Where the Wild Roses Grow. They call me the wild rose. But my name was an Isaac. Why they call me if I do not know. For my name was an First day I saw her, I knew she was the one. She stared in my eyes and smiled. For her lips were the color of the roses that grew down the river, all bloody and wild. When he knocked on my door and entered the room, my trembling subsided in his sure embrace. He would be my first man. And with a careful hand He wiped out the tears That ran down my face They call me the wild rose But my name's Eliza Day Why do you call me that I do not Cave and Kylie Minogue together at last. Uh, at number eight in the 1995 Hottest 100. This Good is Adam reference. Nuts and gum! <laughs> Nuts and gum! Nuts and gum. Also known as uh, when Andrew met David. Oh, uh, yes, indeed. Yes. <laughs> Very much so. I'm Kylie, bitch. <laughs> um, <laughs> <laughs> Whoa! Oh lordy. I am the impossible princess, motherfucker. <laughs> Much less obvious a collaboration than the PJ Harvey Nick Cave collaboration <laughs> from the same yeah. record. But this is a bit ob- harder to master this video. <laughs> <laughs> Depends what you're into. Yeah. <laughs> this is obviously too gorgeous a song. Nick Cave maybe has maybe six different schools of songwriting that he draws from or so, six or seven. Yeah. I guess this is like the soft kind of Nick Cave song, but also includes classic cave tropes. Like it's a narrative. It's like a first person narrative. It's about a murder. There's the the woman as aspirational object, which he does a lot of. This is like no like serious cave devotee's favorite song, I'm sure. It's too soft and straightforward for a number of things. But what it does, it does incredibly well. It's absolutely beautiful. The string section, I'm not sure if it's Warren Ellis at this point. Perhaps. I know he started working with Nick Cave on Let Love In, so he could have been doing the violin here. But um, it's an absolutely beautiful piece of pop music, I guess. Alternative rock, pop, whatever. Um, adult contemporary. Yeah, adult contemporary. Yep. A- album-oriented rock. <laughs> <laughs> um, the use of Minogue here is surprising on paper, but um, I, I know this because I'm a cave completionist, but in a um, 2001 
lecture he gave on called The Secret Life of the Love Song. It's available on CD and all of your favourite legal music sites, I'm sure. Uh, it's a spoken word piece where he gave a lecture in London and it's interrupted with a bunch of solo piano performances of love songs and murder ballads. And in that, he speaks about um, Kylie Minogue's early career and his fondness for her, not only as a singer, but I think importantly, his fondness for her as an artist, and particularly the song Better the Devil You Know, which yes. is a beautiful piece yep. of music. Oh, it's Top, incredible. top tune. And he says that was the song that he was obsessed with and why he wanted that singer to be the victim of his murder in this song. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's... <laughs> Like pretty <laughs> creepy, Uncle Cave. Pretty creepy, oh, Uncle Cave. There's another way to say Obvi- that, Ob- Uncle Nick. Yeah. There's no, there's no nice way to say that. Yeah. <laughs> and like, like, I'm sure, like, I want to paint Nick Cave as the creepy dude who just wants to fuck Kylie Minogue. But I have read his book where he talks about being a creepy old dude wanting to fuck Kylie Minogue. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but obviously, her voice here. It's funny that so much Kylie Minogue pop music doesn't really showcase her talents as a vocalist it's more, more dancey and stuff yeah, like yeah, that yeah, yeah, um, yeah. but she's a really wonderful singer oh, here I think she yeah. matches we, we, we talked about that when we talked about Confiding yeah. yeah. like because Nick's not a great singer himself he just has a good charisma and tone to his baritone but like Kylie matches him really fantastically here she's not it's all weak. about the character yeah, it's, yeah this is a incredibly fascinating song obviously like recalling and I'm sure on purpose the traditional song Down in the Willow Garden which Nick Cave yes, also indeed. covered yes classic Americana murder ballad, alluring and like a mysterious song. You really want to know what happens as it goes on. And then when you realise that it is a murder, it's just this fascinatingly like morose piece of music. Yeah, I think, yeah, 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 this is a gorgeous, gorgeous pop song that happens to be really quite dark on the skin. It's no surprise that it's this high up. This was a huge hit at the yeah, time, yeah, obviously. Yeah. And not, not just on Triple J, but everywhere. Yeah, crossover right, hit. It was yeah. a massive but, hit. And crossover, right. like two powerhouses of Australian music. Like, exactly, yeah. yeah. When I went through... <laughs> This will be horrible to say to you, but when I went through my Nick Cave phase, uh, <laughs> you know, about 16, 17, um, I was going through and finding all the obscure shit. And I found a version of Wild Roses where Kylie Minogue's part is sung by Blixer Bargel. Yes, um, on on disc two of B sides and rarities. Indeed, indeed. His guiding vocal is very funny because yeah, I, yeah, I, yeah. I do love the the trope is ho yay or homoeroticism yay on TV tropes. To yeah, just yeah. Play <laughs> my hand here, guys. Um, yeah, the ho yay of Nick and Blixer is something I yeah. always have time for. But yeah. it was so weird to listen to because the idea of that song in my head is so inextricably linked to Kylie and Nick. You know, like. The back and forth between the two, and like I, what? <laughs> keep going, you know, keep going. No fucking. I don't know. Adams is making eyes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I've got a, I've got a, I was I've got it. a massive, okay, terrible, right. terrible fact. You, you finish up, and I'll let you know. All right. Fucking hell. Yeah, I just find this song to be so arresting and 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 so beautiful. Like it's such a crowning achievement for the two of them, and it's one of those perfect like odd couple crossovers that you know on paper it's just like how would that work mm. it, it's like walk this way or some shit which is like how the <laughs> fuck's that gonna work it's just like oh they and found like, a way how could it have never not worked yeah mm. yeah exactly yeah it's just some nuts and gum shit and it, it, it is fuck <laughs> it's delicious it really really is thank you but um yeah <laughs> you're no you're welcome you got some bad news adam well, I've got some odd news. I, some odd news? I, just when you said that you find this song inextricably linked to both Kylie Minogue and Nick Cave. Yes. And the idea of other It hasn't people. been covered, has it? Well. I bet there are some shocking covers. <laughs> oh, my God. I'm going down that YouTube hole as soon as <laughs> yeah. we're done. Not even kidding. On the 19th of June, 2014. Oh no. 
2014. Kylie Minogue was welcomed to the stage to perform this song by Coldplay. Whoa! Whoa. Whoa. That is huge! <laughs> that I, is huge! I wasn't there. <laughs> Obviously. I didn't, I haven't checked out whether there's any footage of that around. From the first day I saw her, I knew she was the one. She stayed alive and she smiled. And they did this song. Yeah. And I'm not, Wild. I am That's really incredible. not ready to see Chris Martin do Nick Cave. Do Nick Cave. I am. <laughs> to try and have any sense of like charisma I'm there and right gravitas. Now. I'm, I'm so there. I'm wow. so there. That's yeah, I, I love that Coldplay have been doing welcoming to the stage stuff. Uh, they did it recently. They got Michael J. Fox up on stage so what? they could cover the songs that he does at the prom in Back to the Future uh, 2. Oh, like they like did Earth Angel and Johnny B. Good. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Right. With yeah. Michael J. Fox playing guitar. Okay. Oh, he actually played guitar. Yeah, yeah, I like yeah. that. More. That's kind of cool. Yeah. <laughs> I'd like it a lot more there. if it was a no, different band, actually I guess. guitar with them. Like the <laughs> same um, guitar, everything. Like yeah. the Chuck Berry guitar. Cool. Yeah. Classic I, um, just like biases in play. I was like, that's kind of cool. If it was not as I like, I think it was really cool. Yeah, yeah, totally, totally, totally. <laughs> I think yeah, all yeah, yeah. If it was a movie that you didn't like, that sucks. Oh, yeah. yeah, a terrible thing to do. But, um, yeah. I have to quickly boast. I'm uh, one of a very small number of people who have seen Nick Cave in the Bad Seeds and Kylie Minogue do this song live. Oh, yes. well done. Yeah. Well in, done. In 2013 at the Roundhouse in London, I happened to be there. Holy hell. I happened to get um, it was a select a ballot only ticket for a very small number of people. Yeah, I happened to get it, and I happened to be in the fourth. I was in London. So it was songs that they were recording footage for um, the 20,000 Days on Earth documentary. Oh, sure, yeah. Um, and, Are you in that? Um, my hair is briefly. Um, but, but not at that one, at the Opera House gig where they were also recording songs. Yeah, nice, yeah I'm nice. very, very lucky. I don't, nice. Yeah. And they happened to, they performed that in the last encore. They did, um, he welcomed Kylie on stage and they did this together. So right, you weren't that's... expecting Kylie Minogue at that time? Nobody was. No, yes. wow. Did you oh, lose, man, did you lose absolute, your fucking mind? Did shit hit the oh. fan? Was everyone just like, <laughs> yes, oh, everyone fuck. Went, well, obviously, yeah, yeah. This is an amazing song. Obviously, the strings, everything. I just there's a but, and I say this. You know, I love you, Andrew. <gasps> no, no, but this is hardly I'll my be favorite on the floor Nick Cave. If you no, no, me. exactly. It's just like the the Nick Cave thing of women are things to be had or killed. Wears thin. Women as the aspirational object. He does it's, it all the time. And I, I just kind of, I'm kind of over it. That's like the least interesting thing about Nick Cave. Of course, and, by by, and by sometimes absolute annoying. mile. Yeah, yeah. Um, but I think at this point, I don't think it was that. No, no, yeah. probably not. And also, he has weakened on that significantly in the last few records. Yeah, yeah. Like, ever since, I guess, Grinder Man. The first I think Grinder Man got it out of his system yeah. a little bit. Yeah. But yeah, it is a gorgeous song, and obviously the two of them are at the top of their game. It's it's a wonderful thing to have happened. It's about blending pop and alternative music, and, and we've talked a fair bit, I think more last mm. season than this season, but just about blurring those lines and, and maybe that they weren't so distinct as, as sometimes they feel like mm. they are now. Look, I have talked to people who only know Nick Cave through this song. Yeah. They don't know yeah. any other Nick Cave. Because this this song's on her great assets as well. Yeah. And at the time when he was inducted into the Hall of Fame or whatever, they were just like, oh, why would you... In- he only did that song with Kylie Minogue. He's done nothing else. He's, just, he's, just he's a, literally he's done nothing. one song in his whole career. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's, it, I mean, like, it's not quite as bad as someone saying, you know, Radiohead or One Hit Wonder, they only had Creep or whatever, but it's it's getting yeah, there. Yeah. That's, that's well on the way. I love that you're our pretty boy, so you're like our connection to, like, normie scum. <laughs> <laughs> so, like, you're like our connection to, like, the outside. The outside like, world, yeah, on the yeah. surface, the surface yeah. people. It's like, oh, what are those fucking plebs? What does the think? sun look like, Adam? <laughs> it's beautiful. Oh. Come join me sometime. Oh, no. mate. I'll, I'll consider oh. it. 
Do you have an opinion on the fact that it is like for some people the most popular Nick Cave song and the and like the the beyond and for Nick Cave? Like, well, he, he works as, in, as a fan. Well, he works in like mysterious the, 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 he, he does work in mysterious, he, he, but he, he operates within the realm of pop music, and okay. I understand that for some people who are normies and don't want to listen to like abrasive post-punk from like 1988 maybe they don't want to listen to the mercy seat that's their prerogative and it's a weird prerogative they mightn't have the pleasure that I will ever get from Nick Cave but also hey if they like him in this then that's a record sale for him at some point cool ka-ching I have to say I have a weird relationship to this song because I first heard it as a child and mm. it is not a song of, I mean maybe if you have kids Andrew <laughs> you, you, you I stand to be oh, it's man. actually Andrew's kids are going to like music that's so much darker than the music I like <laughs> I'll be like oh, I'm never going to be hang out with my kids <laughs> their first musical baby, love will, will not like, be oh, Savage Garden Uncle Nathan Bauhaus is such babies. a normie <laughs> <laughs> Andrew's child is going to be called Bauhaus yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> It's like, oh, Uncle Nathan likes Carly Rae Jepsen way more than Moosebird. That's like, what the hell? Kids sleep Can he not Moosebird? come over anymore, Dad? <laughs> can that pleb not come over yeah. anymore? Classic like, oh, normie scum. That. Has your child shown an interest in music yet, Nathan? No. Jeff? Jeff. Yeah. My no. name's Jeff! <laughs> That's his first word. Andrew's child's first word will be pleb. <laughs> your so- name, pleb. <laughs> your name, pleb. <laughs> so it's always sat in a really weird place for me. And even when I listen to it now, I think... I mean, I can't shake the original associations that I have with that, which is being a kid and not getting it. So mm. I, I still feel like I kind of don't get it. But it's strangely imbued it with a kind of energy now where when I listen to it, I'm sitting between loving and hating. And that's kind of an interesting place for the mm. song to sit. Like, it's, it's, part of me just goes like, oh, it's too much. It's way too much. It's, everyone's just overselling it so much. And then a part of me goes, oh, that's great. And I have that conversation with myself every time I kind of hear mm. the song. So well, it's, it's one of the, uh, I think maybe on the Murder Ballads record, it's one of maybe three songs that doesn't have any irony in it. So yeah, that's where I sit with it. It'll, it'll never be my favorite Nick Cave song and probably not no. a song that I'll ever throw my hand up and go like, this is sick. There are, there are better Nick and Kylie songs to have as a favorite. Yeah. But this is the best Nick and Kylie song. <laughs> Amen. Default. Default. <laughs> number seven, this is Custard with Apartment, baby. Number seven in the 1995 Hottest 100 with Apartment. The man with the new singer and the new song is 
Mr. Adam Puncher. Hey. Hey. Googling this song doesn't have as many disgusting interior design images as I thought it would. Hey. <laughs> really thought custard apartment, <laughs> it's going to get gross. <laughs> or at least just like really bad yellow walls. Oh, you yeah. Know, like, uh, yeah uh. Which is gross. Yeah. 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 Now that's mustard apartment. Yeah. <laughs> Band quirkily known as Castaro. Castaro, yeah. <laughs> because of a misreading of its name. How did that happen? How did that happen? Well. Custard's a pretty common word. <laughs> yeah, I would never think, oh, Custaro. I would. Custaro. Uh, to, to, be, to, to be frank, if a band was called Custaro, I would assume Custard. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, that's Spanish for Custard? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, and uh, previously named Custard Gun. Just as a um, a little bit grosser. Oh, yeah. Well, yeah, classic nineties band to have a weird name and then drop one of the words. Yeah, like, Nancy Vandal totally. and a Pop Gun Assassins. Yeah, yeah. Nancy Vandal. <laughs> Look, it fits Snoop into Puff <laughs> <Pop> Daddy. Hey, <laughs> you just dropped everything. Yeah. <laughs> Look, it fits wonderfully into the picture of quirky ass Australian rock that's going around at this time, and it's somewhat to what we were talking about with Tism. Just. This happened in Australia at this time. It could only have happened in Australia at right. this time, and we are ever thankful that it did happen Amen. in Amen. Australia at that time. This is our first major song with Cowbell. More Cowbell! Yeah! And doesn't it just have Cowbell? Once and you hear it, you so can't unhear good. it. Yeah. Even though it sits way back in the right headphone, right in the back there, it's there, and it's it's all the more wonderful for it. Uh, the noise that he makes after the first line, I can't even replicate it or whatever, but it's just, fun out of the gate it's fun it continues to be fun the borrowed time with that riff the way it just cuts out unexpectedly or whatever keeps you on your toes just you're always trying to play catch up to this song and and in a great fun way it's like a good old game of tips (laughs) kiss chasey and honestly i don't have a lot more to say but it's kind of like when we talked about ammonia and you know like it is what it is what's there is great each element is great you put it together you have a great song it's fun let's have fun Fun, 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 fun. It's fun, good, fun, good, fun, good, fun, good, fun, good, good, good. You can, you can clearly see this. This is the scene that Regurgitator were born out of. Like yeah. this was happening. Yeah, totally. Custard is one of the bands that really sparked that whole music scene in Brisbane, and Regurgitator was one of the bands that were born out of it. And it's like, yep, yeah. of course, great. Awesome. Yeah. Thanks, Brisbane. Super glad. And so many contemporaries. Like, I don't have a list of them off the top of my head. I need to sit down and kind of scroll out. But, I mean, like, you mentioned John Steele singers. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, like, totally, right? Like, uh, ballpark music. Like, I feel... Yeah, very indebted to them. it's It's just, like, that kind of... Where indie rock even has violent kind of turned around to. Yeah, 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 yeah. I would agree. I would agree. Like the way that just it just rocks hard. Like I yeah, think there like are a lot of bands rocking really hard, but also having like a big hook to it. You know? The yeah. indie rock scene in Australia at the moment, I think, owes a lot to Custard. For custard sure. in this track yeah. for sure. Yeah. yeah also, for sure. I think that it's great to see these guys. I'm sure. I'm sure they. Like did some interstate tours and played with the likes of UMI and Tumbleweed. Like yeah, it makes yeah, so much yeah, sense. Totally. Oh, it's all connected. Great yeah. time for jangly, loose rock and roll. And this song is so much fun. Just, like any criticism that anybody has of it, I'm sure there can't be many. It's a pretty universally adored song on people who know it. Mm. But if you do criticize it, it's just like I really don't care. Because I've got because I've got a new singer and I've got a new song. <laughs> yeah, so. I didn't even advertise for it. Yeah. So but it's like if if you dislike it, I just feel bad for you because yeah. it's like it feels like it's a song that you would really have to make an effort to dislike, and you're just missing out on a yeah. joyous two and a half minutes. 
Yeah, that's totally it. I love the fucking urgency of the guitar. Like, uh, I remember like trying to figure this one out, like like chords wise. So it's just like realizing like how quickly it was going like up and yeah. down the entire fretboard. I really, really thought that was cool. Like, uh, it's just a very inventive riff because it's on on paper it's so simple, but in execution it just has that scratchiness and that kind of right tone to it, and you know that kind of spiraling kind of try to lead over Batman almost the the channel splitting of the lead and the rhythm guitars yeah. like the mix and the production of this song really makes us feel like they're playing in your apartment yeah like, yeah yeah, yeah, the, yeah the left and right of the guitar just being like they're playing they're doing one another and it's so much fun ah this song just kicks and just off. Yeah, yeah, it, like, it really <sighs> does yeah. You know, like all the little details. Oh, in yeah, there. yeah, yeah. Like yeah. Dave McCormack has just such a great presence. I think this might be the sh- like uh, the shortest song in the top 10, but like. Oh, it's so beautifully yeah. short. Yeah. Isn't yeah. It? yeah, yeah, I yeah. love how short and it is. Like, That's what she said. That said. But at the same time, like this will probably stick with us longer than some of the other songs, yeah, you know? Absolutely. Like there's a reason this still resonates, and there's a reason that people still adore Custard after so many fucking years. You know, like, uh, it, and it's wonderful to have them back and be talking about them in the present tense. They put out a new record last year, and uh, they are still kicking around and still playing shows every now and then. So, yeah, Deej, uh, you and I saw them a couple of years ago now yeah, at, at the, the old Vic, at the Vic on the Park, and yeah. it was fucking awesome. Oh my so, god, it was yeah, fun. it was and so so good. So I would absolutely love to do that again. I I've got all the time in the world for Custard, and uh, we will get to talk about them again. Yay! Someday soon. Fucking <sighs> I love you, Custard. Woo! All right, at number six, this is Everclear with Heroin Girl. I used to know a girl, she had two pierced nipples and a black tattoo. We drink that Mexican beer, we live on Mexican food. Yeah, I wish I could go back. Yes, back in time. Yesterday used to be the kind of girl that you would never leave. She'd do anything to give me what I need for my disease She'd do anything I can hear them talking in the real world Yeah, but they don't understand That I'm happy in hell with my heroin girl Yeah, with the heroin girl By Everclear coming in at number six in the 1995 Hottest 100. Uh, this comes from an album called Sparkle and Fade, where you will find pretty much any Everclear song that you would likely know. Uh, well, most of them anyway. There's maybe like three or four stragglers that are on some later records. But like, uh, if we're talking Glory Days, Everclear, we're talking classic lineup, we're talking bleached, dyed hair, and uh, black goatee, we're talking. <laughs> Old school Everclear, the shit that people love Everclear for. And we are talking about Heroin Girl. People f- tend to forget this one until they really fucking don't. I was uh, at in Melbourne recently for a thing called Poison City Weekender, and uh, this song randomly came up. Uh, 
Uh, we were all stuck in the back. There was a lock-in, uh, so everyone decided to fucking stay back at this pub. Like, everyone else had left, so there was like 20 of us still there. We set up the PA again and started doing karaoke. Um, <laughs> and it was it was unsuspecting karaoke, so you'd get played a song and you'd just have to fucking go for it. <laughs> so uh, my friend Lauren Hamill, who plays uh, for High Tension and also plays for Feel Like Us, fucking one of the best drummers in the country, uh, she was given Heroin Girl, by Everclear and she was just like which one's this and then the second that bit kids I gotta go and she fucking went for <laughs> it and she remembered all of it it was fucking just another over and we were just like fuck yeah I forgot how good this song is like obviously this doesn't have like the resonant staying power of a song like uh, Santa Monica but fuck when it's there it's fucking there man like it's got that post-grunge thrash to it it's got that total slacker just like i don't give a fuck about anything my life <laughs> is pure destruction kind of vibe to it and I, I i'm so there for that you know like uh i have a lot a lot of fun with this song also this has come up more often than than not but uh another person that i've gotten interview uh in last year was uh art from everclear a prize asshole but god damn it <laughs> if he can't have a fucking good interview he knows he's a prize asshole <laughs> Too. We were talking about like how this classic lineup split up, and he cut me off. He said they didn't leave. I kicked them out. It's just like, Whoa. fuck, what a dick! Just the ultimate. You can't find me. I quit moment. Yeah. Like, and he's still dying his hair and still yeah. dying his goatee because he's my fucking dude. It's fully that that nihilism, right? Like, yeah, of, like, yeah, 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 yeah. It's just heroin, girl. Just like we're fucked. <laughs> we're so yeah. fucked. It's um. I guess at this point, because I'm not that familiar with Everclear outside of like I've heard this before i've heard maybe like the four singles that you'd guess a person <laughs> like me would uh know. let's see so this uh santa monica we can live beside the ocean. of course father of mine father of mine yep volvo driving soccer mom yeah, that's it. Yeah, yeah. And the last one, just because of the title, was funny. Yeah. <laughs> um, I, I guess at this end of the count, I was expecting it to be a little bit more playful or skew if take on grunge, just because the last few songs that we've had that have had any sort of grunge influence have been playing with the genre. And yeah. this is just like pretty genuine and sincere grunge rock. And like that's, yeah. like I've said before, that's never for me. And this is not really for me, but they do what they do like well enough. I guess. I, like, I didn't love this. I, like, I've never loved this song. I've never loved Everclear. They've always just been someone I've never really given much time to. This is not helping that, but like, <laughs> they, but, like but they did what they did fine. Like, it's just not for me. I don't really, but like, I, I can't really be too critical because <laughs> it's all, every, every, it's very good at what it's doing. All the parts move yeah, yeah. fluidly and with absolute precision. It's just that it's not a machine I want to get in. But I just think bleached hair and black goatee is just such a perfect picture of this song, which is kind of halfway between grunge and the pop punk that's happening at the same time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> like, it's it's almost halfway between one of the big grunge bands and then, like, The Offspring. Like, yeah, that, that's, yeah, yeah, that yeah, kind yeah. of guitar yeah. energy. Yeah, yeah. And Offspring. Yeah, 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 absolutely. And, and like, you never know you want it. <laughs> <laughs> and, like, this yeah. This is the nuts and gum of rock music. <laughs> well, that's, and, and, yeah, exactly. It's like, it's not what I, I need from this, but they're very good at it. And it's like, it's a rocking song. Oh, hell yeah. Like, it punches hard and fast, and, like, I'm all yeah. for it, you know. But, it, it, again, it's just it's not my my jam, I guess. Yeah. We are at that time as well, though, even if you did do a straightforward grunge song, it'd be very hard to receive it as a straightforward mm. grunge song. Mm. It, it, you, like, even when you're doing grunge, it's still post-grunge, because we are post-grunge and whatever. <laughs> 
But uh, like this is uh, semi-autobiographical, I suppose, or at least contains elements of truth. A lot of it is, yeah. Uh, a lot because, of sparkle and fate is because Art uh, apparently wrote this not only about the overdose of his girlfriend, but also of his brother. Um, at one of those, he actually did overhear a policeman say, "Just another overdose and whatever." And I guess this is the airing out of that. So, in in a sense, it's kind of like with the story and the emotion when you fold that into the energy and the punching and whatever it, it almost becomes like you sitting in that alternative grunge drug addict lifestyle at the same time as being critical of it like the, yeah. the line of saying he wants to go back i think is like super interesting because it's you could just as easily read it as saying like i want to go back fuck it i don't care i'll you know yeah. I'll, I'll go and debase myself in that lifestyle yeah. again or you know like does he want to go back and do things differently and save yeah. his girlfriend at the time and and all that kind of thing i mean dude his biography is hectic no like you, you look oh, you yeah, look back totally. in his life and whatever and there's some absolutely hectic stuff there a huge amount of substance abuse and whatever and if he's managed to get through that and clean himself up then you know uh props swim um on that. Oh, it's still live, Tr- still touring. Uh, like, uh, still in a band and after a like, yeah, Everclear put out a new record alcohol. last year, like, mm-hmm. as yeah. well as doing the Sparkle and Fade anniversary tour last year. So, um, yeah, he's been busy with that. Um, he's touring solo at the moment, doing a bunch of those things. Um, he also does this thing called the Summerland Tour where he gets a bunch of like obscure 90s bands that only had a couple of hits and gets them to tour together. And like, that is so far up my alley. It's yeah, not funny. Yeah. yeah, that's tight. Yeah, it's sick. He's an asshole, but he's my prize asshole. <laughs> goddammit. They toured for the Foo Fighters at one point. Oh yeah, totally. That and, makes perfect um, sense. So much sense. <laughs> and MTV actually asked him, was just kind of like, do you think? Do you think this band ever cleared? Do you think they sound a bit too much like Nirvana? Dave Grohl's response to that was, no, I don't think they sound too much like Nirvana. I think Bush does. <laughs> did he say that? Yeah, he actually yeah. did. I, I had oh, to. Dave how, Grohl. How, Sometimes you're yeah, all right. How rare for me to love a Dave Grohl quote. <laughs> yeah. So I bring oh, I bring that up because I thought that's it was my really bush. Great. <laughs> the other thing that I have to bring up because it is directly related to Everclear in Australia and very interesting considering that these guys got so high up in the countdown is Australia was incredibly shit to this band and <laughs> almost caused them to break up. <laughs> <laughs> this is true. This is true. At a show in Wollongong. Yeah! Oh, Steel City! Wollongong! Wollongong! 2500, baby. <laughs> yeah, well, someone from Wollongong decided it would be fun to throw a shoe at Art uh, and knocked loose a few of his teeth. Two- Whoa, what kind of shoe was that? <laughs> what kind of boots. arm was yeah. that? <laughs> it was a con, but it was a baseball player. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> Two nights later in Melbourne, someone threw a lit explosive on stage. Whoa, things get hectic. <laughs> which exploded and burned a stage hand. Whoa. Yeah. Just the hand, though. <laughs> Dad! <laughs> uh, Everclear would not have appreciated that. <laughs> so the... <laughs> That very same night, they had an argument backstage and really, really threatened to split up. But they decided to keep going. They uh, had a final show kind of in the Gold Coast. And he got hit with another show. <laughs> because, <laughs> because they would have heard by then. But, yeah. but it's Whoa, the crowd. We're going to finish the wait, fucking job. Wait. Fuck off, Wollongong. That something gets better. He got hit with a shoe while the crowd was singing him happy birthday. <laughs> Whoa! <laughs> Happy birthday to Shoe. I would never tour Australia again. I would just be like, straight up, I don't feel bad and yet about he's making gonna that He's going to be here in a couple of weeks. Hey. <laughs> All right, ready, ready your shoes, shoes boys. <laughs> <laughs> hey, Art, sign my shoe. <laughs> oh. <laughs> <laughs> That's good. 
be one of the worst happy birthdays ever. Damn. Oh. That's spectacular. Good job, Australia. Well done, oh. Australia. We've done all right. Australia, yeah. Australia. <laughs> this, this is shoe. Shoe, 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 Yes, it's. <laughs> At number five, this is Björk with its oh so quiet. <laughs> That's a tip. <laughs> In the 1995 Hottest 100 with It's Oh So Quiet. Hey, Adam. Yeah. What do you think of this song? Well, I'll tell you. Is anybody talking right now? I've got nothing. I have no snare in my headphones. <laughs> I have no Dave in my headphones. Hey. <laughs> Things none of us have ever said. <laughs> Bjork, It's Oh So Quiet. All right. Some background on this one. This is a cover, for those who didn't know. And in fact, it is a cover of a cover. The uh, first level of cover comes from Horst Winter in 1948. Now, this is the very, very original. Um, A German song called Und jetzt ist es still. Jetzt ist es still. Ganz mäuschen still. Wir wird er Es ist unheimlich still. Jetzt kommt ein Krach. Und was kommt dann da? Uh, that was then covered by Betty Hutton in 1951, which is pretty divine, I have to say. It's oh so quiet. It's oh so still. You fall in love. Zing, boom, the sky up. Her voice is pretty amazing. It's kind of like that cabaret Broadway kind of style. Mm-hmm. Really, really nice version. And Björk more or less does a kind of direct cover of that. Uh, musically, it is almost exactly the same, except with this one, Björk is singing and kind of doing it in her own various style. The biggest 
Björk single, um, reaching number four in the UK, spending 15 weeks on the UK singles chart and managed to get to number six here. But despite being her biggest hit between, you know, with the general public, uh, the song didn't manage to make it onto Björk's 2002 Greatest Hits compilation, the singles of which were voted on by her fans through a survey, which is, I think, where we, a really good context to start talking about this track because yeah. I'm not surprised. Yeah, I agree yeah. with the fans. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Ouch. Well, uh, you know, in, in not so harsh a way of saying that, but I do. Okay. Well, well I mean, I'll, I'll just, I'll deal with the song kind of straightforwardly and individually. I have fun with it. As a song, yeah, it's, it's really playful. And I think yeah. the actual last time I, I was listening to this, I was walking home and I indulged a little bit and decided to, you know, like ape the film clip a bit, a bit while I was walking home and had heaps of fun doing that, you yeah, know? Fuck yeah. Uh, Spike Jones did the film clip and it's, and it's pretty, I think it's pretty essential to the song, really, oh, like totally. in terms of its appeal and whatever. The kind of soft, dreary moments are represented visually as, as are the bright, bigger moments but i definitely think that this is a very dangerous björk song and i think there is a case to be made for this being björk's worst song not because it is bad because as i said it's a great joyous cover Hmm. but all too often björk is and has been passed over and dismissed as a musician and artist with phrases such as she's so weird she's so quirky as if that was the end of the story and that was all that needed to be said But to me, if you're asking my opinion, the fact is Björk is one of the single greatest pop artists and vocalists of all time, Mm -hmm. period, full stop. Forget about putting any factors of female or male in there as well. I think just across the board, she is an amazing artist who has continually pushed the boundaries of the very terms of what it means to be a pop artist and a vocalist, has curated an amazing body of work that through her sheer ingenuity remains no less relevant and cutting edge today than when it was released. And, like, my love for Björk, of course, colours this, but I truly think from an objective musical point of view, you, you you know, there is a case to be made that she's had a tremendous impact and has always been an, an artist on the edge while still remaining kind of, like, wonderfully accessible. And so f- there are very few musical opinions that I hate more than the dismissing of Björk, you know, for being just a, a quirky person or whatever yeah she's she's a strange nordic pixie who wears swans to red carpet events like that is who she yeah. is but it there doesn't was, end there there was a period where she was goading that image herself i think she always has she's oh, she's yeah. she's completely lent into it and that's been part of her persona as well but to say that because of that mm. that that kind of doesn't have any relevance of bearing in her music and that like that for that to dominate and overshadow the conversation is, course, it sucks it sucks so much and i and if and if this song has been any reason for that for, for, for contributing to that, then I can't help but sit in opposition to the song, even though I kind of like it. I am um, not as a quirky thing, but this was like many people, particularly like many young children in 1995. I, th- this was the first Bjork song I heard. Yeah. Um, so I was a staple on Rage, obviously. Mm-hmm. It is a very, very eye-catching video. Spike Jones is a terrific director. Yeah. Um, and I, like, I dislike the song, like on, in, like in every form. I, it was it was a real effort to listen to. It's one of my most hated songs in the countdown. I really don't have really? time for it at all. I, 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 it's cringy, and I get mad listening to it. Why is that? I don't know. Do you, I, no, I, just I, I hated it as reaction. a kid. Like, I, oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. yeah, I remember hearing it as a kid, and then like to this day, even. I, I, I'm not into Björk, and this song has a huge amount to do with it to help your argument. That but it's is not, it. But it's not because I think the song is quirky. No. It's because I think it's dumb. Mm. Like, well, I mean, yeah. I, I don't like big band vocal jazz. I, I just don't. I don't care for cabaret. Yeah. Kind of songs, and 
yeah, that's what this is. Yeah. And like, it's I, I know she's more than that. We've had songs in this that have proven that. Yeah. When, when I remember, I remember saying about when we Army, Army of Me. Me. So good. Mint. Um, Von the Cure, whatever the album was that came out. Yeah, her last recent album. Yeah, that so was last good. Year. Yeah, amazing. unbelievable. Like, she's still killing it. Yeah. I just, I, I know that I'm guilty of doing the doing the thing that I am super critical of every fucking other music consumer doing in dismissing her based on this one cover that I don't really like. Like I, I'm aware of that, but I just when someone says Björk, this is what I think of, and that sucks. <sighs> yes, it does. I, I, I know it sucks heaps bad. Yeah, but like, like I, I really don't like this song at all. Yeah, it's such a misrepresentation, and that's yeah, kind hugely. of why it well, sits so is, badly. The with thing me. is, like to kind of draw it back to like the other kind of um, songs that we've been talking about. This is her creep. This is her where the wild roses yeah. grow. Yeah, it is. Um, yeah. You know, shit like that, you know, like not entirely representative of the artist as a whole, but, you know, like if you're going to know any song by that artist, it's going to be this song. But, you know, we've talked about those songs. They're good songs still. They just happen to be in, you know, born under a bad sign or just have an unfortunate circumstance for anyone that isn't trademark normie scum trademark. Mm. Uh, look, I. I'm mad for cock, so I love fucking show tunes and big bombastic, like, uh, big band jazz and shit like that. You know, I'll fucking, I'll fucking sashay around to that like nobody's fucking business. <laughs> That's the real gay agenda. Yeah, right? Sell, selling, selling musical tickets. Yeah, right? Exactly. I, I really, really, really love this. Like, uh, I can see why she's kind of ignored it and why it's kind of been kind of semi-buried. Um, but I honestly don't think she has anything to be ashamed of. It is an incredible showcase of her vocal versatility. And it's the, it shows that even when she's presented with something as conventional as a fucking show tune, she can't help but make it as fucking batshit as possible by literally fucking screaming through oh, some her, of her it. Her voice is so good. Like, yeah, her voice, yeah, yeah. Her voice kills it, it on I here and the vocal remarkable. performance is great. So, yeah. No, Obviously, I, I'm, I'm, a, I'm a shitlord. Like, uh, when it comes to Björk, like, I, I will fucking go for any goddamn thing that she's... And I won't hear a bad word against her. So. No. Well, neither You're very lucky I. I didn't end up on the floor <laughs> over <laughs> Matt's fucking recent no, 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 bullshit. I, look, I, I just <laughs> Andrew is lucky he didn't end up on the floor. Hey. <laughs> yeah, I'm assuming, Nathan, you're on you're on Max's side here. Yeah, I just don't like this kind of song. Yeah. 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 It, it doesn't turn me off her body of work, mm. which, lucky for me. But... Yeah, I just I just don't care about like I I don't begrudge anyone liking it. Like I get that it's a fun song. She's very good at that song. Yeah. Yeah. I just don't care for it. And yeah, it's like, man, why you know, why would anyone like this song over Army of Me, you know? Yeah. But whatever. Each each to their own or whatever. She's great. I don't think this song is. I'm still I'm still pretty cool with her being in the top ten. I mean, oh, if, yes. it, if it wasn't this, it could have been the Reefer song, you know? Like, <laughs> you dangerously imagine? close. Well, it, like, it was, you know? Yeah. Like, it was, what, 12 or something? Never Jeez. by the grace of God. Yeah. yeah right. Andrew, dude, I implore you, throw on homogenic or post. Yeah. And sit there all the way through and see if you're the same person in relation to this artist. Maybe not post, because it comes from post. So maybe that would ruin it. Yeah. Also her album from last year. Really I really fe- I I feel like there is a there is like some love for. This oh, I'm sure there would be. Yeah. Like when, I, mem- I remember saying this when we did Army of Me. Yeah, I said the exact same thing. I'm not into it, but this song makes me want to check her out more. Yeah, like, cool. I, I, yeah, I do that at least from the same album. That's Fuck. insane. Mm. Yeah, right. Yeah, what a world. What a world. <laughs> Much better. Whew, almost over. Adam, you good to go? Born ready. 
Mac. Well, it's Andrew, but yes. Nathan. Uh, Nathan? Hey, hey, where's Nathan?